Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig with details. Episode 65, Getting Into and Paying Off Over $27,000 of Credit Card Debt with Chris Browning of Popcorn Finance. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Hey, hey, Frugal Friends listeners. Welcome back. This is Jill, and I have a wonderful stand-in co-host, Allison from Inspired Budget. Hey, Allison. Hey, Jill. How's it going? Good. So good to have you on the podcast. If you didn't hear last week uh, when Allison was also on the podcast, (laughs) uh, Jen is out taking care of uh, her new baby, little Kairos, and taking a little bit of maternity leave, but we're still doing our thing over here. We're still having fun with Frugal Friends, and Allison has been so gracious enough to stand in for Jen and help lead this thing with me. So it's been a blast to have her, and you will hear her again. She is helping me co-host for three full episodes. So if you don't get enough of her on this one, uh, there's two more opportunities. And you'll even recognize her from episode 18, where we interviewed her on her payoff, her debt payoff Mm -hmm. journey. So you could just get so much of Allison here (laughs) at the Frugal Friends podcast, but also over at Inspired Budget. She's got so much going on over there on Instagram. She blogs everything, paying off debt, sticking to a budget, just helping to empower people with their personal finance and personal finance goals. So, so much going on there. We will link to her website in our show notes. Uh, Just so many great people that you can connect to on this topic and hear more. But uh, without further ado, because we want to get into this episode with Chris, but before we do, and we talk about his debt payoff journey, a word from our sponsors. Because we are interviewing Chris from Popcorn Finance, it is movie theater butter. And I'm not talking about movie theater butter at the movie Mm. theaters. I'm talking about the at-home jar of soybean oil, sunflower oil, and canola oil that you can add to your popcorn at home. We especially love the fact that children like to overuse the movie theater butter, thus leaving their hands with a nasty and disgusting oil residue that they can then touch all the furniture in your house with. And I speak about this From personal experience, unfortunately, and movie theater butter has since been happily banned from my house. (laughs) I can't get enough of this. Like, this is so perfect. I love how you dove in on our fake sponsors, our fake slash real sponsors. I love it. Um, I also love, so I know that you all are listening to this, but Allison and I are looking at each other over a video call right now, and she's (laughs) actually holding up her own at-home movie theater butter as if she's recording some 1950s commercial. No one can see it, but she's selling this thing hard over here. It's amazing. It's the the thing that I've hidden in the back of my pantry (laughs) so my kids can't see it anymore because legit, like, it leaves stains on clothes. Oil that they just, like, would rather drink from. And I'm like, I I curse the person who brought this into my house. Yeah, seriously. Oh, man. But butter is so good, is man. Butter. I love it. it I took a picture of you holding it up. I might I might post it in the show notes. I think you should. So cute. <laughs> but 
Anyways, all that to say, Jen's out. She's caring for her baby, but we're still doing our thing over here, having fun with all of our frugal friends. Mm -hmm. Um, So I am sure you will all enjoy this interview as much as we did. Chris, we've been on Chris's podcast. Now he's on ours. He's done Bills of the Week in the past. He's got his own podcast, uh, Popcorn Finance. So there's just, there's so much frugal friendness happening. So let's dive in. All right. Hey, frugal friends. I'm talking to even the people I'm recording with now because this is so fun and exciting for me to have both Allison and Chris here. Allison as my co-host, Chris as our interviewee. So we're going to jump right into it. Chris, welcome. Thank you. I am so excited to be here. I I love your show and I'm really happy I got the chance to come and join you on here. Thank you. We love your show so much. So we have already been on, like Jen and I were interviewed on your uh, podcast, Popcorn Finance. And even my husband, Eric, was interviewed on your podcast. You've been on ours in the form of Bills of the Week. You've been a fantastic Bill of the Week supporter. Um, And then to have Allison join in, who's been an interviewee also. And I know she's been on your podcast. It's just a whole bunch of friendship happening and frugality and all things personal finance. It's pretty awesome. so good. Yeah. Yeah. Frugality bringing people together. Look at this. We would have never met if it wasn't for all of that. Isn't that cool? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Allison, before we started recording, she took a picture of the screen because we're on Zoom video call right now in all different time zones. We've got 12 p.m., 11 a.m., 9 a.m., all represented on this phone call. Uh, brought to you whenever you're listening to this podcast. But she took a picture because it's so fun to see all of our faces, even in different time zones. But yeah, so we're excited to hear your story, Chris, and get some time to get to know you a little bit more, what you've got going on over at Popcorn Finance, what we can learn from your experiences, your knowledge, your expertise, all that good stuff. So Allison and I are just gonna, yeah, really just enjoy our time of interviewing you. Oh, well, thank you. I'm, I, I feel the pressure now, yeah. but I'm honored at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have to give us all your wisdom and expertise. Yeah. Nice. Well, you know, you know us with our interviews. We always start off super easy. You know, we don't dive right in. That's sarcasm. <laughs> uh, we want to talk about your story of getting into and paying off of credit card debt. So, of course, we're starting with this super easy question, super comfortable question, not vulnerable at all. How did you accumulate $27,000 in credit card debt? And I know many of us have been there, so you're not alone in this. But yeah, if you don't mind sharing what that process looked like for you. Yeah, it was a it was a lot of fun uh, spending all that money. That <laughs> it's usually fun spending it. It's just paying it off. Yeah. Let's be honest. And getting the bill. Right? Well, you know, the crazy thing is when I look back on it, and I'm like, okay, $27,000. That's a lot of money. Uh, if someone just gave me that right now, I could buy a lot of stuff I would really enjoy with that money. But when I look back, I'm like, I don't have anything from that period mm-hmm. of time that I can say, oh, mm-hmm. this is what I bought with that money. And it was kind of mm-hmm. like a gradual buildup. Uh, it really started off when my wife and I were kind of preparing for our wedding. We got married in 2012 and we didn't really have any money. Like I had, I had a little bit of credit card debt before, but I paid it all off before the wedding and I was excited about that. And then a little bit of cash I had, I used to buy a ring. And so when the wedding nice. came up, it was like, oh yeah, we got to buy the stuff you <laughs> spend money on, but we have no cash to do this. And there's kind of like that obligation, like, you know, we're supposed to have this wedding, right? And we're supposed to, you know, it's mm. this nice party for friends and family. And there's just all this pressure. And I'm, you know, I was like, hey, you know, we got to keep this under control. Let's not go too crazy. And I thought mm-hmm. that's what we were doing. Uh, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> I thought, well, that's like, what happens with weddings, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're like, this is a modest wedding. This is not like a $50,000 wedding. This is not anything crazy. Uh, yeah. But all these little vendors, all these little costs, they slowly added up. And I think at the end of everything, uh, it was somewhere around fourteen, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 that we spent mm-hmm. on this wedding. And so we were like, oh, yeah, we did a pretty good job. We didn't spend that much money, but we spent $15,000 that we didn't have. And so yeah. after the wedding, we had all that debt. We decided, oh, we're going to go on a honeymoon. And I think we probably spent two to $3,000 on that. So that brought us mm-hmm. somewhere around $18,000. And then we we weren't living together prior to getting married. And I was living with a friend. And 
we were two guys, so you know we didn't have any furniture. We were just it was like a bed <laughs> yeah. that's, that's all we had. Yeah. She was with family and she didn't have any furniture. So when we moved in together, like, hey, we need to go get some stuff for our new place. So then we buy some furniture and then mm-hmm. life starts to happen. And it's like, I think uh, we had like an emergency room visit that came up. That was like a thousand dollars. We had uh, unexpected school costs that came up. That was a few thousand dollars. And then on top of that, we weren't really tracking what we were spending. We were just spending money and we both were spending at the same time. And we didn't really mm-hmm. know, we weren't talking and we didn't uh-huh. know how to coordinate the spending that we were doing because we were still using credit cards. So yeah. Yeah. I, I think that she had made a payment and so I didn't make a payment and then that would just balance, just carry and grow. And so over the course of about two, two and a half years, our balance grew over the, over, I think three credit cards to about $27,000. And that was uh, from 2012, right before the wedding to like late 2014 when we hit that, that huge mark. Yeah. Yeah. Almost like snowballing in the opposite direction. You know, we talk about like debt, debt snowball as in like paying off debt, but like the debt snowball mounting. And it's crazy to hear you say, you know, $27,000, it sounds like a lot of money. And it does at first, you know, like, wow, where would all that go to? But then to hear you describe it, it's like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh Yeah. Yeah. Like you want to have a wedding. And so if you don't have it, but you don't want to wait 10 years to get married. Uh Okay. I get that. And then, yeah, you need furniture. What are you going to sleep on? Like, you can you can understand the rationale of how you could get there. And then once you're accustomed to that lifestyle, or you're not really even thinking about it, you're not taking intentional steps in that direction. It it can just kind of happen to you, and you oh, wake yeah. up, oh, yeah. and it's just there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, mm-hmm. on that note, Chris, when did you realize? Like, was there this big aha moment? When did the clarity come that you realized? Oh my goodness. We have $27,000 credit card debt. Something needs to change. We have a problem. I don't know what triggered me to look at it, but I mm-hmm. kind of was always aware. Like I knew we were building up credit card debt. I knew it was going up and not going down. And But I never really took the time to add it all up. And I don't know what it was. It was just one day I just sat down and I was like, you know what? Let me kind of get all this stuff in order. I need to really look at all of these things that are going on. And so I went in and I added it up. It didn't take very long because it was only, it was three cards. And Mm -hmm. I noticed it was at $27,000. Cause I think in the back of my mind, I knew it was Mm -hmm. getting kind of out of control and I just Mm -hmm. like ignoring it. And then I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, let me look. And that's, that's when it hit me in the face. And I was like, oh, well, okay then. So like at that moment, was there any part of you that was like, oh, I just want to sweep this under the rug and maybe just try to just use it less. Or were Mm -hmm. you automatically like, oh, we've got to have a plan in place. I think it was, I, I know I didn't want to ignore it. I think I just kind of got overwhelmed with stress and like anxiety. Right. Mm-hmm. It became super mm-hmm. overwhelming knowing what the balance was. And mm-hmm. I think too, because I studied finance in school, I wanted to be a financial planner. And I think mm-hmm. I felt like a little, a little like shame because I was like, yeah. I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I wanted to go to school to teach people about money. And I, you know, I feel like I've, you know, I've learned these things and I have, I should know what to do. And I didn't do any of the things that I should be doing. And so I knew I needed to have a plan or we needed to take some type of action. But at the same time, I kind of was like wanting to like get away from it. I didn't want to think about it or talk. I definitely didn't want to talk to anyone about it. Sure. That can be the toughest part when like our imagined self is confronted with our real self and it looks different. Mm-hmm. Like for anybody in any category, that that's a tough thing to face and can bring in a lot of shame. How did you move past that? Like finance already being a difficult thing to talk about, much less if we feel like we're experiencing failure in an area that we want to, we are an expert in. Like, how do you move beyond that shame? I think I just knew we had to make a plan Mm -hmm. because I kind of knew in the back of my mind, we had a problem and this debt had grown to a really large amount. I, I think it was just like, all right, this is a bad situation. I shouldn't have done this. We shouldn't have gotten to this point. But I knew I wanted to move past it. And mm-hmm. I, I, know, I knew that I didn't want to have this debt anymore. And I think that was just the motivation that, that made me kind of confront it and say, at least make a plan because I know I don't want this to get any worse because this already feels horrible. And I can't imagine it getting mm-hmm. any worse than this. Huh. Like kind of the ca- it became a catalyst for you. Yeah. So you had said that you had a lot of shame. And I totally know that feeling when it comes to like, oh, my goodness, you know, you were supposed to be this person that would help others be better with their finances. And that was your ultimate goal. And here you were, you know, carrying around this hidden credit card debt. 
Did you ever speak to people openly during your payoff journey or was the shame so overwhelming that you kind of kept it in um, in yourself and hid it a little bit? Oh, yeah. I, I never talked to anyone about it. Like, wow. I did not bring it up to mm-hmm. my closest friends, to family. I, I I think I dealt with a lot of shame in that way with a lot of things during that time in my life where it just felt like if you if you're supposed to be this person, if you have this this person you're supposed to be and you have these values that you hold and this is who you are, uh, you can't let anyone see that that's not the life that you're living. And you have to cover it up. And you have to still portray that, oh, I'm doing great and everything's fine and mm-hmm. I know what I'm doing. And, you know, you know, just kind of if, if the topic of money ever comes up, just kind of skirt around it and don't really talk about it. Right. I know for me, I, I, I definitely didn't talk about it. And I really wish I would have because right. towards the mm-hmm. end, when we were almost done paying it off, I think I finally opened up to a friend and mm-hmm. it felt so good to tell someone mm-hmm. about it and talk to them about what I was struggling with. And I was like, I could have been doing this this whole time, but instead I decided yeah. to internalize it and just really like live in that stress and anxiety I was dealing with. It's so fantastic to hear you be willing to talk about it now. Like I, I understand that, you know, you're you're out of it now. And and in a lot of ways that can make it easier, but it's still vulnerable to say this is where I was. This is something that happened to me, but I think it can help others of us who might find ourselves in that situation or we're on that trajectory or we've experienced this in different ways or different aspects of life to just say, hey, look, like we're not perfect. We all fail in these areas, even if we're experts in it. And but yet we can still get on track and move towards goals that we've set for ourselves and and overcome the different difficulties or barriers that have occurred. Which speaking of, how did you then go about paying this off? Like you realized that you had this this debt that was mounting, it was propelling you to do something, but yet living in such in an area of such high cost of living like Long Beach, how did you go about that? Yeah, it's it was a struggle at first. Uh, at the time when we when we reached that peak of $27,000 in debt, uh, I think our combined income was around, I think it was like around high 40s, maybe like around $48,000, $49,000. So that added oh, to wow. my stress because it was, our debt was basically a little more than half of what we made in the year before taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. But fortunately, we were living in a, a property that my in-laws owned. So they had a studio behind their home. And we really wanted to not live there. We wanted to have our own place separate from, you know, family. Yeah. family. What? Who Who doesn't want to still live with their parents once they get married? I don't understand what? that. I mean, that's, that's and, you know, they were very respectful of our space. They weren't like knocking on the door, uh-huh. looking in the window or anything like that. They were cool about it. <laughs> and I think at the time, okay, so we were paying, which for California was not a lot of money. We were paying $800 a month for this studio space, which for us is like half of what it would cost to get a normal mm-hmm. apartment out here. Um, so that helped keep our costs low. And we just decided we're going to continue to live here as long as we can in order to help facilitate that. So that was like step one was saying, okay, even though we would love to have our own separate place, be somewhere else, we're, we'll just stay here, keep our costs as low as we can, and then use that to help facilitate this, this debt pay down. And then the next thing was we we didn't have a budget. And I, I knew I knew how to build a budget. I just didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> the next step was, you know, I didn't have Allison there to tell me show me how to build a budget. I had to, I, you know, I, yeah. I, I you I knew how to do it. it. You just had to, you just didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just, That's the part of the battle. Right. It's one of those things where it's like, it's fun to just spend money. I, well, I made this money. I want to go out and enjoy it. I don't really want to think about it. Uh, but I was like, oh. Especially after like being in college oh, yeah, exactly. and feeling and like, broke. you know, like <laughs> feeling like, oh my gosh, I had to live on nothing. And now you have this job and you're like, yes, I can spend all the money in the world. I mean, it's hard. Yeah. First taste of having a paycheck. Yeah, it, it, it really is hard. And so I was like, all right, let me, I love Excel. So I opened up Excel and I made a budget. I just, I laid out all of our expenses and I kind of looked at what we we're spending every month and looked at what we could cut. Like what things do we have that we don't need anymore or, or it's not a necessity. And so I stripped out all those things. Like if there's any like subscriptions that we weren't really using, cable was like, okay, get that out of here. We definitely don't need that. Mm-hmm. And then it was looking at how much money was left over. And I literally took almost every dollar that wasn't going to mandatory bills. I wasn't going to like the rent, uh, to pay for a car, gas, all that type of stuff. And it all went towards our debt payment. Uh, and I left very little, like literally, I don't know, maybe, maybe $20 for us to wow. enjoy. 
it was like it was, I went super extreme. I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done with this, and I just cut everything. Which I wish I wouldn't have. Thinking back, cause it's very difficult. Uh, but that was like our, our our next step. And then I think the last thing was just talking to my wife about it because we never talked about money. We didn't really discuss it. I think I felt very frustrated, and I didn't want it to turn into an argument, and I didn't want it to be difficult conversation. I don't like difficult conversations. Who does? So, right. <laughs> I want to dive into this potentially conflict ridden topic. <laughs> we might we Sounds might like get heated and raise our voices a little. <laughs> yeah. Nice yeah. Saturday plans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't love creating my spending plan each month, and it took me a while to find a budgeting app that had simple features but didn't feel and look like a spreadsheet. If that's you too, Monarch's the way to go. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. I like how easy it is to customize my budget and create automatic transaction rules. The transaction widget helps me stay on top of my spending. After using Monarch for several months, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. My favorite part about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity when I'm like, wow, I can finally think clearly. How was I functioning in that mess before? It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. If this sounds like the type of spring cleaning your finances need right now, then it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Plus, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash frugal. That's mintmobile.com slash frugal. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash frugal. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. So much discipline you guys employed in that process. How long did it then end up taking you with only like allowing yourself $20 for (laughs) fun spending? It took us about two and a half years. Wow. Nice. Yeah, you're good. You're good. (laughs) And I'm so sorry if y'all can hear my kids. You're good. That's this is that's part of it, you know. We're all frugal friends. Young I can hear them yelling. I can hear my husband <laughs> yelling at them. I can have kids. It's fun. They said you'll love it. They said. <laughs> yeah, they don't cost any money. Okay, sorry. We can even leave these things in. This is okay. life. We're doing oh life together right now. <laughs> yeah. So it took you two and a half years to pay that down. Was that? the amount of time you were hoping for? Was that more? Was it less? I would have loved for it to be way faster than that. <laughs> mm. um, <laughs> yeah. But it was, I, there was, there was, there were definitely a lot of setbacks during that time as well, because uh, I think because we went so restrictive, uh, one, we weren't really saving any money, which I, I, if I could go back, I would have saved some money during that period of time because anytime something unexpected came up, it just derailed everything. Yeah. So like, oh, we have to have we have a car repair. Oh, we have a, a school expense we didn't expect. Oh, there's a doctor's bill that popped up for like five hundred dollars. Like those things would come up and it would just completely derail everything. Mm-hmm. And I would get so disappointed and so frustrated that I'd have to stop paying down debt to go and, you know, pay off whatever this random thing that came up. So um and that's why I think why it took two and a half years. I think we probably could have done it a little bit faster if those things wouldn't have come up and if we wouldn't have been so restrictive because then you kind of just break like after like months of not spending any money, you just kind of break. You're like, I'm going and I'm buying whatever I'm going to buy this meal I want to have because I haven't. And you know, it became so tight. But I think that that's definitely normal. Like I know we experienced that on our journey and it was whenever 
our budget was really, really restrictive. Um, just because it's like you just you want to have control over it. And at that point, it feels like it controls you. And so I think there's like a balance and realizing that like, OK, no, you control your money. It's not controlling you and being able to you know, not have it as restrictive, but I, we were the same way, Chris. Like there were times I was like, screw the budget. I'm going out and I'm going to buy whatever I want. I don't care who knows. I don't care what my budget says or what my husband says. <laughs> that did uh, de- derail us at times. Um, so I have a question. Now that you guys are out of this debt, how do you and your wife handle finances now moving forward? I think now it's it's still difficult to to make sure we're keeping the communication up. I know we know better now. We know we should talk about things, but then it's still hard sometimes because you don't, like I said, you don't have difficult conversations. <laughs> but I think our communication has gotten better and it's improving something we're still working on and trying to set aside time to talk about things. And I think the biggest thing was not, re- not using credit cards um, the same way we did before. Where before it was just like a free for all. Hey, you're buying anything? Go ahead and just use this credit card. Go mm-hmm. do it. And, you know, we'll figure it out later without really any plan mm-hmm. or without really communicating what we we're doing. Mm-hmm. And so now we really just use one card and we're both aware of what's going on. And we make sure, I know for me, I'm really like anal about it. Like as soon as I buy something, I'm going straight to the bank account and I'm sending a payment to it. Oh, that's <laughs> great. I will immediately forget if I don't. Right. Well, and it allows yeah. you to use credit cards with like whenever you're diligent like that without the guilt because you know you're constantly keeping that balance at zero. It's almost like your experiences have caused you a greater level of awareness of what you don't want to do with your finances, right? Like that's the epitome of learning the hard way. But yet now what it's producing in you is sounds like a greater intentionality with your spending and making sure that you're not getting into that place again. Exactly. It's a horrible feeling. And you know, Every so often, I'll try to sit and really remember what that felt mm-hmm. like and how horrible I felt during that time. So that way, I kind of don't. There's nothing gonna like, like I, basking I, in <laughs> terrible <laughs> feeling. You know what I'm going to do? I turn today? off all the lights. I yeah. close the shades. I'm just going to sit here and I'm just going to bring on these awful memories and these terrible feelings just just to sit here in them. Just wallow just for a bit. Oh, my word. Here. You should keep us on speed dial for those yeah. situations, just in case it goes too yeah. far. Like, I, guys, I'm in this real deep. It's so dark here. I think I made this way worse. <laughs> your, your wife comes home. She walks in, and it is, like, all dark, and you have this somber music on. And she's like, oh, there's Chris basking in his shame again. <laughs> We're not going out to dinner dark tonight. trench coat just for this time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's amazing wow but you know after time passes you kind of forget it's like, true i get very comfortable and i forget how bad that was and yeah. i'm like i don't want to forget because one i don't want to go back there but then also to like empathize with other people who are still in debt you should have like written a letter to your future self like you know what i mean don't go back to this moment this is feels yeah. terrible. This, <laughs> is, this is how I feel right now. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point for anybody who is in debt. Something to, to be able to look back to once they are out. A good reminder. But speaking of that, since you are so often reflecting and sitting in the pain, <laughs> darkness, and suffering of that time in your life, is there is there anything that you would do differently? Like for those who who are maybe about to get married and thinking about financing some of these big purchases on a credit card, like what would you have done differently? Like, would you not have gotten married when you got married? Like, would you have just gone to a courthouse? Like, what do you think realistically you could have done different? Would you have skipped out on the emergency room? Just lived with a broken leg, (laughs) you know? Like, let's talk about that. Yeah. Speaking of that emergency room, all they gave my wife was aspirin. Uh -uh. Isn't that, yeah, like a $25 (laughs) pill? You're like, can we just pretend I never came here? Yeah. Yeah. Let's just just call this, you know, hey, do over. (laughs) Let me go back outside. (laughs) But yeah, I would definitely do things differently. Um, You know, it's kind of hard. We got married, I guess, relatively young. I was 25, she was 24. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was definitely some impatience. We didn't prepare at all. We were just like, you know what? We want to get married. So let's just start planning it, mm-hmm. you know, and without really any thought to how are we going to pay for this? Mm-hmm. And 
maybe being open to the fact that we need to do something very inexpensive because we don't have any money. We can't throw this party that we want to throw because we can't pay for this. We clearly can't afford this. And I think it's being real with yourself, which we were not ready to do because we, you know, there's expectations you think you have, or maybe family says things that make you feel that you have to do things a certain way. And I think being, I would go back and just be honest with myself and say, this is what we can realistically do. Mm -hmm, And I think having the credit cards allowed us to not ever feel broke. And I think that's what we were avoiding. We didn't want to feel like we didn't have money. And with Mm -hmm. a credit card, we felt like we had money because we could buy whatever we want whenever. And I think just taking some time to be honest and really think about what's going on, which I think sometimes is hard when you're young, it's hard to really think about the future in in like a real concrete way and not just think, eh, we'll be fine. It'll it'll work out. We'll figure it out later. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is what a lot of people do with school loans, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. man, it's so grimy. Like, getting all these 18-year-olds through the door just being like, oh, yeah, here's your financial plan. And no, it's just your debt plan of real money. Yeah. Oh, man, exactly. that's a whole other topic. <laughs> that's so interesting, though, to hear you say, like, we didn't want to face the fact that we didn't actually have money. Like, we mm-hmm. are broke. And and having credit cards can make you feel like you're not. Not that you want to sit in that place of <laughs> doom and gloom of we have no money, <laughs> we can't eat. But yeah, I mean, those people who have expectations of what your wedding's going to look like, they didn't help you pay off your debt. So yeah. exactly. it's almost like even being able to listen to those voices of people who have been there, done that, and allowing those stories to help keep us from making decisions that are going to be like destructive for ourselves in the future. I mean, you are making good out of your experience and you are on the other side of it. But yeah, to even have an ability to not ever have to go there, even to listen to people who have yeah, experienced that and the pain that it can bring, the relational difficulty that can come along with it. Yeah, Excellent job, Chris. I'm so, yeah, it's so great to hear of your journey and everything that you went through. So um, also equally enjoyable is the best time of the week. The Bill of the Week. time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the bill of the week. Well, Chris, you are well acquainted with this time of the week because you even joined in on the chant that just happened. Yeah, you did. Which is fantastic. You have already submitted more than your fair share of bills, but we're going to keep you, <laughs> make you keep working for this one. <laughs> we want to be able to piece together your budget <laughs> over the course of the bills of the week. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So, you know what this is all about. What you got for us? Oh, yeah. I was thinking all this week. I was like, hmm, I got to come up with a good one. So my bill of the week is Bill Smith, a.k.a. William Smith, a.k.a. Ah. Will Smith, because I just went and saw yes. Aladdin and yes, I thought you did. it was oh, going to be horrible. So and I was like, Will Smith as the genie, I do not want to watch this. But what? He was, he was amazing. And he he changed my mind. And I was like, <laughs> this was a good movie. And Will Smith was a great genie. So that's why Will Wait. Smith was my bill of the week. Wait that's a minute. Amazing. Hold on. Did you not think that Aladdin was going to be good? Number one. Number two, did you not like Will Smith? And number three, do we need to sit here in a somber silence <laughs> and have you realize that Aladdin is an incredible film and that you were wrong? Do you like having your bill of the week attacked by Allison right now, Chris? This is why this is I'm only on for three episodes. They're not asking me back after this. <laughs> well, let me explain to you what my top is here. So I loved Aladdin. That was one of my favorite movies as a kid. Okay. And I was like, it's about to go and ruin this movie for me because they they have the potential to ruin this movie. And I didn't yeah. I didn't want them to. Oh. Two, Will Smith. He's a lot of times he's just Will Smith in every movie, regardless who he's mm-hmm, playing. Mm-hmm. He's Will Smith. Even though I like Will Smith, I don't want to see Will Smith being Will Smith. Okay. <laughs> right. Movie. I gotcha. Uh-huh. I feel that. And so 
I was nervous going in. I was like, I don't know what is about to happen here. But they, I was pleasantly surprised. I, I can recommend that movie to people now. Yeah, it's a fantastic bill and so relevant to current circumstances. But it is interesting to hear you say that because I think that's why a lot of people are going to see it because they're already anticipating that Will Smith is going to be a good genie. So it's interesting that you kind of called a different kind of like criticism. Yeah, Chris is like, I don't know. Prove it to me. Will Smith. I know you've been acting for years, but prove it again. Yeah. Well, that's a great bill. I love yeah, I love how you twisted that one around and made it relevant. Thanks for that. <laughs> if you guys want to submit your bill of the week, we promise Allison won't attack it. Uh, she's only attacking, you know, Chris, Chris. on this episode. Yeah, yeah. I only attack specific. Chris Browning on, <laughs> on podcast episodes. Head on over to frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill and leave us your bill. However creative or insane or controversial your bill is, we want to hear it. I don't love creating my spending plan each month, and it took me a while to find a budgeting app that had simple features but didn't feel and look like a spreadsheet. If that's you too, Monarch's the way to go. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. I like how easy it is to customize my budget and create automatic transaction rules. The transaction widget helps me stay on top of my spending. After using Monarch for several months, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. So, you guys, it's my next favorite time of the week, which is the lightning round. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even, every time it's different. I got to listen to more lightning to know what it sounds like. <laughs> I think you snuck in some thunder there. <laughs> yeah, which I'm learning more about, like what creates thunder and lightning. I used to think that they were separate occurrences, but turns out they are related. That thunder is the sound of lightning. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's wrong. I don't know. Isn't it like, I, I remember it was like, if you count... <laughs> The number of Mississippis between the lightning and the thunder. That's how close it is. It's how close it is. Yes. Yeah. It is like, so you see the lightning, which is like the crashing together of these different weather systems. I have no idea what I'm talking about. But like when that crashes together, it creates thunder. So you can both see it and hear it. And the Mississippi, Something like that. Tell and then you. the Mississippis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how close it is. How much time you have to run and get out the way. I had no idea you two were amateur meteorologists. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Amateur being the key yeah, word in, here. I'm pretty sure someone told me that in elementary school. And I'm regurgitating <laughs> it now as a 32-year-old. <laughs> oh, either way, we're right in it. We're doing this lightning round, however it happens and whatever way it sounds. 
So Chris has not been prepped for this. It's just another fun thing that we decided to do. <laughs> Poor Chris. <laughs> so excited to have you on and then just put you through the gauntlet. Like, let's be vulnerable. Let's uh, let's, let's make you give us a your bill of the week. Of the week. <laughs> I know. This is, this is just preparing me for the real world. Thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. I hope we get more, more interviewees, but they might be scared now. <laughs> All right, so for our first lightning round question, why popcorn? Just why popcorn? <laughs> why? <laughs> why why popcorn exist? for popcorn finance? Why not sandwich finance? <laughs> Listen, Jen created these questions before, like literally before a baby came out of her body. So yeah, Chris, why popcorn? <laughs> why not pickles? <laughs> yeah. Pickle finance. You know what? I can say that no one's ever asked me why popcorn. Oh, I think uh, someone had. <laughs> um, so I'll just I'll just interpret this <laughs> say why why popcorn and popcorn finance. Um, <laughs> I don't know how else to answer this question. Um, I would say it's because popcorn has a built-in timer. When you make popcorn, most of the time you make it in the microwave, and you have to set it, and so you're limited to however long it's going to take before that timer goes off. And mm-hmm. I was like, hey. I want a short show. Why not popcorn? Oh, <laughs> Do you like popcorn? I love popcorn. It's delicious. Uh-huh. I just ate a whole bucket while I was watching Will Smith be a genie and, I, <laughs> and regretted it a little bit when I was done. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I think you were tracking with uh, pregnant Jen on what she <laughs> wanted to ask you there and what, what we all want to ask you, you know, just right. why popcorn? Why popcorn? Why popcorn? <laughs> okay, That's so awesome. question number two, Chris Browning. Other than me, Allison Beckerly, <laughs> because we know it's true, who has been your favorite guest you've had on the show? You cannot choose me. You cannot choose Jill or Jen and go. Ooh. Oh, and by the way, oh, you'll man. probably offend people by not choosing them, but you can only choose one person. Oh, yeah. This, I hope everyone's ready to be offended as I choose. <laughs> um, hmm. This is tough. Oh, oh, I think I know who it is. Do, do you? How about you tell me who my favorite guest no, is? Uh, <laughs> no, you tell me. You tell me and I'll tell you if, I, if I'm right. Oh, man, this is hard. It's like... See, I don't have kids, but Allison, you do. So this is like trying to pick your favorite kid, right? Someone's going to be No, upset. it's totally different. <laughs> it's completely different. <laughs> no, it's totally different because you can actually choose here. <laughs> All right. My favorite guest. This is hard. Um, I would say one of my favorites. Ooh, guests. good work around. Nice. Well, nicely done. Um, you know what? I'm going to go with the interview I did inside of a tiny house. So I was in Arizona and I stayed in the Nest tiny house and it was amazing. I love tiny homes and my first time ever visiting a tiny home, ever being inside of one. And it was the coolest experience. It was like this custom made home with walls of windows and uh, the owners, it was it's a, a husband and wife and they put it in their backyard. And mm-hmm. oh, cool. there, he came after work, he got off of work, came back to the tiny house and we interviewed, and I interviewed them about what it was like building it, what it's like renting it out. And um, their daughter was there. Like, there was two, they have two daughters. My wife was like playing with her older one because she, she works with kids all the time. Mm-hmm. So she was like, like, like gravitated towards her. And then they have uh, another daughter who was like one. And she pulled down the recording equipment off the counter <laughs> on accident. Like she reached one of the cables and like pulled the whole thing down oh and gosh. hit the floor. <laughs> and it, it was very memorable and it was fun. And it was inside of a tiny house. So that was, I would say that's one of my favorite interviews. Nice. Oh, I love it. Yeah, your tiny home series was a fun one. That that was what you interviewed Eric on, my husband, because we were at the time living in one, and now we're living in one again. But that's right. Yeah, Eric was on there. I yeah. was I was sad because I didn't get to go visit the RV. I don't think you guys were yeah. in it at the time. Right, not the RV, but we were about to move into what we're in now, which is a hundred seventy foot, uh, hundred seventy square feet of trailer. Are you gonna? Have you ever done a um, tour? A video tour of it? We haven't yet. I keep waiting because I've got all these like minor little projects that I have to finish up, like little touch up paint. So I'm like waiting for it. I really probably shouldn't wait for it to be perfect because it won't ever be. But it is the plan to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it looks great. Eric sent me some pictures of it, and it looks I amazing. See I was like, are you, sure this is, are you sure this is a trailer? Because this looks like yeah. where I live. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's fun. All right. 
Uh, next question. Dun, dun, dun. Chris, what is your most frugal quality? I would say my most frugal quality is that I can be very stubborn. And that allows me mm. to say, you know what? I'm not going to, I'm not going to, like I'll say, I'm not going to go out to eat all this week. And I'm so stubborn that I have to meet this goal that I've made for myself that I'll force <laughs> myself to do it even if I don't want to. It's just, I've said, I've told someone I'm going to do this. And now I'm like, well, I can't not do this now. And I think my stubbornness allows me to uh, maintain frugality in different situations, especially That's if I tell amazing. someone I'm like forced to do it. That's awesome. What a strengths-based way of looking at that quality in yourself. Usually people would turn that to be a negative thing. But yeah, there's some positives to being stubborn. It saves you money. It can definitely be negative too. Does that ever frustrate your wife? Um, a lot of times I won't subject her to whatever weird <laughs> stubborn task I've set myself on. I'm going to just make it a personal one. Yeah. That's awesome. It's That'd be awesome. Anyway. Okay, Chris, this is a hard one. The hardest one. Hardest question you're going to get all day. It is, <laughs> what do you have going on with Popcorn Finance? And where can the Frugal Friends podcast listeners go to find out more about you? Oh, this is so difficult. Uh, <laughs> let me think. <laughs> uh, so what do I have going on? So one thing I've been working on that um, I'm just procrastinating on finishing up is uh, it's an international money series. So what I did was I interviewed a bunch of people who are who have lived or who currently live in different countries around the world. So I've talked to people who live in Australia, in New Zealand, in the UK, in Mexico, in China. Um, I'm sure some other countries that, oh, South Africa, some other places I've mentioned. And I'm asking them what it's like to deal with money in these different countries. Like, what does debt look like? What does it look like buying a home? Do people really buy homes? Mm -hmm. Do people have student loans? Like, I just, so I, I, I'm just very fascinated to know how do people deal with money in these other countries? And oh, so that's, that's a series that I'm working on. I cannot tell you when it's coming out because I'm still working on it. And I'm still gathering a few more interviews for that. So that's mm -hmm. like a big project uh, that I have working on, that I'm working on. And you can find Popcorn Finance exactly where you're listening to Frugal Friends Podcast. So anywhere you can get a podcast, that's where you can get Popcorn Finance. Or just come, come visit me on Instagram. That's where I like to hang out. Just look for Popcorn Finance Podcast and I'm over there. Definitely do it. I'm going to encourage anyone. I mean, Chris, un undoubtedly, you've got one of the coolest voices yes. I've ever heard. <laughs> so it is so fun to listen to your podcast, if not only just for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank so, you. Yeah. So definitely do that. If you want to hear more of Chris Browning's voice and, and also tips and all the people he interviews, head on over to, to his podcast, Popcorn Finance. So great having you on the show, Chris. Thanks so much for your time. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm so excited to be here. I, I've been a fan of Frugal Friends podcast for a very long time and you and Jen do an amazing job. And now Allison joined it in, filling in. So I'm, it's, this is highlight of my year getting to join you on the show well same sorry that. it took so long yeah that is a big compliment <laughs> it, it really is and you have a great community i love hanging out in your facebook group too yes it's so nice to have both you and allison in there just fellow people in this finance world but also just talking real life stuff and frugality so Yes, come hang out with all of us. Uh, those of you who are listening over at our Frugal Friends Facebook community group, you will also then have access to Allison and Chris there as well. So why not? <laughs> all right, Chris, have a good one. Oh, thank you. You too. Nice. Oh, that was so enjoyable to have Chris on the podcast with us. As we've said, we've all been on his podcast. So, so nice to have him be able to join us and introduce our listeners to him. So, yeah, he's so awesome. He really is. He's a great guy. Yeah. Just even to hear his journey and what he's walked through with the type of debt that he accrued, how he paid that off, the way that he's maintaining that now. Yeah. I'm really hopeful that it will be an inspiration to others. And yeah, no matter where you're at in your journey, debt payoff journey, or haven't even started yet, that yeah, you can you could do that. You could do that today. That's right. <laughs> because if Chris Browning can Chris do shared, it. Anyone you can do, can do it. it. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> if Chris Browning, who doubted Will Smith, yes. can do oh it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and sits in his, like, shame. Yes. <laughs> you can do this, too. Oh. Well, 
We are also still doing this book club thing. So for the month of July, we are reading Mom and Dad, We Need to Talk by Cameron Huddleston for our book club. And since the title doesn't really indicate what it's about, it is identifying ways to open the door to conversation with your parents about finances and planning for care as we age and how to do that, how to make sure that it's dignifying, but that we're also prepared as life stages and seasons change and roles change and we begin to care for other people differently. So yes, it's a great book. Check it out. And if it's not at your library, that is okay because we are giving away a free copy to a lucky winner who leaves a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Just screenshot your review, send it to frugalfriendspodcast at gmail.com and we will select the winners at the end of the month. Fantastic. And if you want to be a potential lucky winner of a book, here's an example of a review that is in the running for one of these books. It doesn't have to be five stars. I mean, but this one is five stars. The best ones are usually five stars. The best ones are usually (laughs) five stars. Uh, This one's from Pregly, Cute and Fun, Jen and Jill are so fun to listen to. Their banter is charming and funny and feels very natural. Great lessons and motivation for those of us with frugal aspirations. I love the bill of the week and the fake sponsors. <laughs> Especially so butter. much, Pregly. Yeah, right. Especially butter. <laughs> Who doesn't like some butter? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know that this time of the week just kind of feels like us, you know, singing our own praises, but it's not that at all. It's just giving you all examples of reviews. (laughs) (laughs) So different. So anyway, that's all that we have for you guys today. We hope that you enjoyed uh, hearing from Chris and Allison and just all that they bring to the table. So keep checking us out. We'll see you back next week. Join us in on our conversation over at the Frugal Friends Facebook community group and we will keep hanging out. Bye. Bye. Frugal Friends is produced, edited, and mixed by Eric Siriani. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.